Welcome to the podcast for Salem Baptist Church, where the senior pastor is Reverend Dr. Selwyn Q. Bacchus. Salem is located at 3131 Lake Street in Omaha, Nebraska, 68111. This podcast has been created as a mobile companion to your engagement with Salem. Whether you use it to listen to a service you are unable to attend or to revisit a sermon, we pray that this podcast will serve as a source of motivation and connection to a word-centered and spirit-led church that cares about your journey. Be sure to turn on your alerts as we deliver a variety of content to you. Don't miss out on church services, interactive Bible studies, and special interviews all here on Salem's podcast. Share the podcast with a friend or family member. Listen as you have your morning coffee, daily exercise, or travel to work. No matter when you are listening, we pray this episode blesses you.
Let's give God glory. Come on, for I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord, for this is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Come on and give God a worship in this place this morning for the Lord's goodness and his mercy. We serve a God that we call faithful, and we know him to be holy. We know him to be all that. We know him to be awesome, our healer. Come on, he's our provider. Hallelujah. See, I call you holy, your name is holy, you are so holy to me. Come on, everybody, I, I call you holy, your name, your name is holy, holy you are, holy you are. and holy you be. Come on, is the Lord holy to you? We reverence his name, we honor him this morning. And we're grateful for him being the God that he is. Come on. I call you holy, see, yeah. I call you holy. Your name is. Your name is holy. Come on, you are so. You are so holy to me. We declare it this morning. I, I call, call you. you holy. Your name, your name is, is holy. Holy you are. Holy you are. And holy. And Your name, Your name is righteous. You are so, you are so righteous to me. Come on, I, I call you. I call you righteous. Your name is, Your name is righteous. righteous. You are righteous. You are and righteous. And righteous. Come on. Declare it. I call, I call you awesome. Your name, Your name is, is awesome. awesome. You awesome are. Savior. You are the you Savior. You are the Savior to me. 
for saving us, Lord. Your name is Savior. Savior, you are. And Savior.
Russell Pleasant Jr., Brother J.D. Prince, Deacon Cliff Robbins, Brother Lawrence Larry Wellington. We certainly know that prayer does change things. That's why we continue to go to the Lord in prayer knowing that he moves and he acts upon our request, our pleas, and our prayers. We're going to ask Deacon Pricing to come at this time and lead us in this time of prayer. Mm -hmm. For God will 
take care of you. For I am so glad this morning, Heavenly Father, for you have said, come unto me, all ye that are worried and heavy laden, for I will give you rest. Now, Lord, now, Lord, I, I need you this morning. Oh, to bless Salem, Heavenly Father. Uh, put your hedge of protection around Salem. Mm -hmm. Bless every ministry in the church, Lord. Bless the leadership of the church, Lord. Oh, Lord, bless our pastor and bless his family, Lord. It's in the name of Jesus that I'm calling on you, Lord. Lord, please bless our community, Lord. Bestow a measure of wisdom upon the community in which we live. Thank you for your goodness and for your kindness, Lord. Now, Lord, I pray that you will forgive us of our sins. Forgive us of our transgressions, Lord. Be with us, Lord, as we go forth, Heavenly Father, in giving you praise. Now for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory. Amen. Amen and amen. We are so grateful to have each and every one of you present in the sanctuary of the Salem Church. For those who are part of the virtual sanctuary of the Salem Church. We are grateful for each and every one of you on today. At this time, those who will be going to youth church, we invite you at this time to meet Minister Whitaker in youth church. Amen. An opportunity for our youth to uh, gather for their own worship experience. We praise God for that. We're going to ask if we have any guests visitors that are sharing in worship with us on today. We're going to ask you to stand at this time. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to do anything. We just want you to stand so that we can recognize you and share our gratitude with you for worshiping with us on today. And we pray and plead that this would not be your last time that you would come and worship with us again here at the Salem Baptist Church of Omaha, Nebraska. Please remember all of your weekly opportunities for ministry, fellowship, discipleship, and worship. And we want to praise God. We have uh, some important events that are coming up. Our youth and young adults are encouraged to join us on this Saturday, February 18th, from uh, noon to 1 p.m. in the Fellowship Hall for Black History Lunch and Learn. Our speakers are uh, the retired Omaha Fire Department Chief. Current Salem Trustee William, Brother William Johnson and Colonel Lauren Hart Hartree. We want you to come and be blessed by their experiences and by their presence. Again, that's this Saturday from noon to one. And then for our young adults, we have a Black History Game Night and Potluck on Saturday, February 25th from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. in the Salem. Fellowship Hall. For each of these events and activities, we're asking you to contact uh, Minister Whitaker, our uh, pastor of uh, youth and young adults. He's doing, again, an excellent job. Amen. He came on 
covenant relationship. Some people may say that tithing is just another gimmick of the church to get money from the people. But tithing is far more than a method of raising money for the church or for missions or for the building program. It's a spiritual practice that has everything to do with your co covenant relationship with the Lord. A covenant is a solemn binding agreement or pledge between two parties for the performance of an action. We all know there are fundamental laws and principles God has given to govern your lives. Here's an example of two such laws, the law of gravity and the law of sowing and reaping. But you also need to know there is a divine law or principle concerning your finances. As a church, we must emphasize the doctrines of salvation, baptism, healing, etc but without neglecting personal finances. Money, how you use it and what God expects of you is an area where many Christians struggle. First Timothy chapter six, verse 17 says this, command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. You are the Lord's child. And he has provided his great blessings for you. The Lord wishes and desires for you to be blessed. But to receive those blessings, you must enter into a covenant relationship with him, a complete surrender of your life to him. We often look at the word stewardship, and when we do, most people automatically think of tithes and offerings. However, stewardship involves more than money. It involves everything that we are, all that we do, and all that we possess. It involves your time, talents, abilities, God-given gifts, as well as your possessions and money. The Lord doesn't just want your money. He wants you. And when you commit yourself to him in every way, including your tithe and offering, you have placed yourself in a position where the Lord can bless you. If you're out of the Lord's will by not tithing or giving or any other sin that's active in your life, you take yourself out of the position where the Lord can abundantly bless you. The Lord asked the question in Malachi chapter 3, verse 8, and gives the solution in verse 10 of that same chapter where it says this. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and in offerings. And then in verse 10, it says this. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven, pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. I challenge you to try it and try the Lord. Speak these words in your heart. It takes two to make a covenant. Lord, this is my covenant with you today. I will do my part by giving your tithe and you will respond by pouring out blessings on you.
It's giving time, Salem. It's giving time. We shared this affirmation. It is an affirmation of what we believe about giving here at the Salem Baptist Church. We plant good seed in good soil. And we will receive God's prosperity for our lives. We plant good seed and good soil. And we will receive God's prosperity for our lives. If you believe it, put your hands together and praise the Lord. We're going to ask our music and fine arts ministry to come at this time and lead us further in worship.
house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The Lord's word is blessed. I want to talk once again uh, from this simple subject, a picture of the roots of renewal, part three, a picture of the roots of renewal. On today, we continue as we have the last numerous weeks, concentrating on the theme of renewal. The story of the Jewish exiles have given both insight and inspiration as their journey has been chronicled in the books that bear the names of the prophet Jeremiah and Isaiah, and now in the historical report contained in the book of Ezra. Their journey has been for many a parallel of the lives you live each and every day. Life that has been at some point restrained, restricted, and repressed. And yet, given the optimistic, enthusiastic, and expectant hope that what the Lord declares through his word and through the word of his called and anointed mouthpiece will fulfill itself. And that the Lord will follow through on his prophetic promises and uh, proclamations. And last week, we were encouraged observing the helpful and hope-filled direction the Lord's people, those former Jewish exiles who ex had experienced Babylonian captivity, were moving. And this historical account of their experiences in Ezra chapter 1 thus far highlighted some impactful developments that should encourage those who are listening on today. It should as well add a sense of confidence and expectation of what lies ahead of you in life. Remember this section of scripture has emphasized the divine principle of the Lord's preeminent and prerogative power so great that the Lord can preserve his purpose through his powerful persuasion. I'm reminding you that the Lord can manage, mediate, and manipulate people, surrounding situations, circumstances, and environments to assure that his purpose for your life comes to full fruition. He did so with King Cyrus in this portion of history in the lives of the Lord's people. Cyrus is used as an instrument to implement the Lord's purpose of renewing the Jewish people, rebuilding the temple in Jerusalem, and restoring worship in the sacred and hallowed halls of the temple. And I'm sure someone over the course of this last week has contemplated how the Lord has worked in your life in similar ways. And when you recounted it in your mind, it blows your mind that the Lord couldn't con could convince the very same people who sought to punish you. That the Lord ended up using them to position you for a promotion you never saw coming. It boggles your mind 
Now the Lord's power shifted influence from your enemies to unknown and unforeseen allies to assist in your ascendance to privileged places. You know it's the truth, child of God. When you think about how the Lord baffles and bewilders your mind, when the Lord comes along and uses unfamiliar and unlikely conditions to cause the very same group of people who planned your demise, prepared for your downfall, and plotted your destruction, and they end up seeking your assistance to escape from the very ditch they dug for your disgrace. Understand on today, the Lord cannot and will not allow the devilish, demonic, or diabolic to ultimately derail and disrupt his purpose. And as a side note, child of God, please understand something I've come to accept myself. And that is this. If you refuse to allow the Lord to use you to fulfill his divine purpose, he always has an understudy. He has a substitute. Stand by and an alternate waiting in the wings. No matter how glorious you believe you are, no matter how grand others build you up to be, no matter how great your fan club has boasted about who you are, the Lord always has someone who will humbly meekly and unpretentiously step up so the Lord can get the glory he is due. I'm sorry, but someone, including myself, had to be reminded of that on today. And I hate to keep talking about it because it hurts me than, more than it hurts you. But trust and believe the Lord's purpose will be fulfilled. The Apostle Paul in his letter to the Romans in chapter 12, verse 3, had to warn, caution, and counsel the Roman church about becoming too full of themselves and overvaluing themselves because they were gifted in Jesus Christ. And he says to them, and parenthetically to those who are listening on today, do not think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. Family of God, the Lord's purpose is too important to his church, his cause, and his kingdom to be hijacked by one uncooperative, saved, sanctified, and spirit-filled saint that drops out of ministry or service because they did not get highlighted, pointed out, or get their time in the shine of the spotlight. The Lord does have someone else standing and waiting, ready to serve without the accolades and admiration of the crowd. Because just like King Cyrus of Persia in this text, 
he knew there was an audience of one that he was obeying and following orders from, and that was the Lord himself. I'm sorry, y'all. I know someone, including myself, needed to be reminded on today. So let's get back on track and on course with the developments that are taking place in the lives of the Lord's people in this text. Because as we concluded the sermon on last week, it was communicated, not only must we acknowledge the preeminent and prerogative, prerogative, prerogative power of the Lord, we must acknowledge in the experience uh, of the Lord's people in Ezra chapter 1 and in the lives of those who follow Jesus on today, the privilege of being a particular people, a peculiar people, a chosen people. Now I tried my best to exhaust the entirety of that point of emphasis on last week, but it just seems as if it stirred up the spirit of some folk in the sanctuary, including me, in a way that I could not complete the point of emphasis on last week. It was like that proverbial fire that was shut up in the bones of the prophet Jeremiah that demanded a proper press of the pause button of reflection to ponder our privileged position as his people. And for me on last week, it immediately provoked a praise because we are a part of his particular so I did not have the opportunity to fully look at what this biblical text in its context suggests about the privilege of being a particular people unto the Lord because we were reminded that being a particular people has its blessings and its benefits. And additionally, that the Lord works on behalf of his people. Listen again to Ezra chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. As the Lord uses King Cyrus of Persia to work on behalf of the Jewish exiles that are on their way to renewal and restoration. Listen again. Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord uh, by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing saying, thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, all the kingdoms of the earth the Lord God of heaven has given me. And he has commanded me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. And when you take into account how the Lord has directed the life, mind, and decisions of King Cyrus of Persia, it is evident that the Lord is causing this extraordinary occurrence because it concerns the Lord's people. He wants to bless them and benefit them. Now there's something I want you to consider when the Lord observe, when observing rather, the Lord acting on behalf of his particular, peculiar, and chosen people. And when you consider it, you should at least have a shout in your spirit, even if it's not out loud. Well, because the Lord benefits and blesses his people, and I need you to take account of this. He benefits and blesses his people 
in spite of their disobedience and defiance. Okay, I need to say it again because somebody didn't get it. He blesses and benefits his people in spite of their defiance and their disobedience. Okay, for somebody who's listening, you need to get your pen out right now. Uh, he blesses his people in, yeah, y'all heard me, I guess, in spite of their disobedience and their defiance. Now, child of God, that's where the shout goes. Right after the in spite of. Uh, right, right after uh, the in spite of. That's where the thank you, Lord, is placed. Right after in spite of. That's where the period of personal praise is inserted. Right after the in spite of. Now y'all think I'm making it up, but I need you to take account and listen and remember these Jewish exiles were exper had experienced their predicament because of their disobedience and defiance. They refused to obey and observe the commands of the Lord delivered by the prophets. Listen, as Jeremiah speaks to the Lord's people, in Jeremiah chapter 25, verses 4 through 9, listen closely. And the Lord has sent to you all his servants, the prophets, rising early and sending them, but you have not listened nor inclined your ear to hear. They said, these prophets, repent now every one of his evil way and his evil doings and dwell in the land that the Lord has given to you and your fathers forever and ever. Do not go after other gods to serve them and worship them and do not provoke me to anger with the works of your hands and I will not harm you. Yet you have not listened to me, says the Lord, that you might provoke me to anger with the works of your hands to your own hurt. Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, because you have not heard my words, behold, I will send and take all the families of the north, says the Lord, and Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant, and will bring them against this land, against its inhabitants, and against these nations all around, and will utterly destroy them and make them an astonishment, a hissing and perpetual desolation. The Lord clearly commands or communicates his commands and his instruction. And further, he spells out the consequences of their disobedience and their defiance. And yet, even after their disobedience and defiance, in the face of the prophets that the Lord had sent, and after their punishment and penalty, the Lord is working on behalf of his privileged people to renew, release, and restore them in spite of their defiance and disobedience. The Lord is saying in Ezra chapter 1 to his people, I know you disobeyed me. I know you defied me. 
and you disregard, disregarded my word and my warning. And I had to let you go through what you went through as a result. You had to experience difficulties because of your defiance. You had to endure some discomfort because of your disobedience. It was necessary that I disturb your peace because you dared to distance yourself from me. And yet, the Lord says, even though you had some midnights at noonday. Even though the frustration of your futile efforts discouraged you, even though your spirit sank within you as you suffered, you are my privileged, particular, and chosen people. And I would not let what was meant to be temporary become permanent. I would not allow you to endure barren seasons without preparing you for a season of increase. I would not allow you to survive the restrictions of captivity without setting you up so I could enlarge and expand your territory. The Lord was saying to his children in Ezra chapter 1 and to you on today, I would not allow you to experience the solemn tears of disappointment without positioning you for a future of fulfillment, contentment, and joy. He would only position them for this after their disobedience and defiance because they were his people. And as a result, he has abundant and bountiful blessings. Child of God, I want to remind you I'm almost done, y'all, for real. I know the game don't start for four or five hours, but I'm almost done. But I want to remind you, you are a child of God. You are a part of his particular, peculiar, and chosen people. And because of that, he has blessings and benefits in spite of You don't have to say it out loud. In spite of your past disobedience and defiance. Reminds me of the story we often call the story of the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15. The Bible says there was a certain man who had two sons. It describes the younger son who with a disrespectful, disgracious, and discourteous spirit approaches his father and asks his father to surrender his portion of his inheritance while his father was still alive. Such an insult by this younger son. The father did not have to acquiesce or agree with this request, and yet he dispersed the younger son's inheritance to him well ahead of the appropriate and proper time. The Bible says the younger son left his father and his family and traveled to a far and foreign country. And this younger son was the essence, the epitome, and embodiment 
and getting turned up. And he wasted all that he had in riotous, rebellious, and wasteful living. Y'all know what turned up is. And he wasted all of his resources in y'all some of y'all turned it up last night in your in his riotous rebellious and wasteful living but the bible says when this younger son came to himself when his pockets were empty when his friends abandoned him because he was no longer providing bottle service in the VIP room. And his riches no longer attracted the attention of the honeys and those who stopped clinging on because his bling was gone. He came to himself. The Bible says he returned to his father's house Humbly asking his father, could he return home, not as a son, but as a servant. The Bible says the father, in a sense, was standing on the front porch with a hopeful and optimistic outlook, wishing and wanting his son to return safely and alive. And one day his prayers and his pleas were answered and that young son that left home feeling entitled and empowered wearily wandered into the gaze of his loving father. And the father, in spite of his son's disobedience, in spite of his son's defiance, in spite of his son's disrespect, told his servants to sacrifice the fatted calf for a party and a feast. And he told them to clothe his son who was once dead in his father's eyes and now is alive in the best robes and the best rings in spite of the son's disobedience and in spite of the son's defiance and it was all because of his position as a son that's what the Lord did for the former Jewish exiles in Ezra chapter 1 in spite of their disobedience in spite of their defiance he poured out his blessings and his benefits and truth be told, right now, at 11.05, on February 12th, 2023, somebody ought to be shouting in their spirit. Right now, somebody ought to be shouting in your soul. Right now, Thanksgiving should be boiling over in your heart because in spite of your disobedience, and in spite of your defiance, the Lord blessed you and benefited you and renewed you and restored you. And you ought to have a shout right now. Oh, hallelujah to the Lamb. Because I know it seems to everyone else 
that you've never gone astray. And it seems like to everyone else, perfection has always portrayed your every life step and decision. And yes, it seems as if to everyone else, the Lord had to never had to have a proverbial come to Jesus conversation with you because you do you did what he told you not to do and you did not do what he told you to do. And in spite of that, he is renewing you and restoring you and blessing you. You ought to shout right now. And no matter what everyone else thinks, you know the truth. Because there were some times the Lord had to catch you and corral you and correct you. And in spite of it all, hallelujah to the Lamb, the Lord still blessed you. He still lifted you. He still protected you because you are a part of his particular people. Somebody ought to shout right now because he's working on your behalf in spite of because you are his in spite of. He did not give up on you because you are his in spite of. He did not abandon you because you are his in spite of. He did not throw you on the trash heap of life because you are his. Somebody ought to shout right now. Somebody ought to have an in spite of testimony down deep in your spirit. Somebody ought to take about five seconds and tell the Lord, uh, thank you uh, in spite of me. Uh, thank you, Lord, uh, in spite of what I've done. Uh, thank you, Lord, uh, in spite of where I've been. Uh, do I have a, bin, a witness? Uh, I don't know. Uh, how you feel about it, uh, but I will uh, tell him thank you uh, because I have an in spite of um, testimony uh, in my life. Uh, is there anybody here? I said, is there anybody here? Is there anybody here? I said, is there anybody here? Is there anybody here who has an in spite of testimony in your life? You need to tell him thank you. Tell him thank you. Tell him thank you. leave it alone. It's Super Bowl Sunday for some folk because the game is coming on. But somebody in the building uh, ought to tell the world uh, it's my Super Bowl Sunday because in spite of he blessed me uh, in spite of uh, 
He saved me in spite of. He raised me. And I'll tell him thank you. I'll tell him thank you. I'll tell him thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Tell him thank you. like you're praising. Some folk are wondering why you're thinking like you're thinking. Some folk are wondering why you're hollering like you're hollering. Well, you need to tell him you don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me in spite of me in spite of me in spite of me and I'll holler I'll run I'll shout
doors of the church are open. The invitation is extended. Even as you're standing, even as you're listening, wherever you might be, we extend this invitation because in spite of our sins, the Lord died on Calvary's cross. In spite of our disobedience, he died in our stead and on our behalf. And if you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died, for the sins of the world that God raised them from the dead. The Bible says you shall be saved. So if you're here in the sanctuary immediately following the benediction, there's someone, the deacons will be in place to receive you into the family of faith. Or if you're listening or watching, you can give us a call at 402-455-1000. Option three, someone is waiting to hear your voice. And while you make that decision, we're going to get about 30 seconds of our praise on and get our faith on Pray and believe that someone on this day has given their life to the Lord. Even as you're seated, let us prepare to receive our benediction. Our ushers will escort you from the sanctuary immediately following the benediction. And now unto him who's able to keep us from falling and to present us fallers before his glory with exceeding great joy to the only wise God be glory, dominion, and power both now and forever. And the people of God said together, amen and amen. And we yet believe the best season of your life is just ahead.